guys, welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Ellie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. We were inspired to learn about the journeys of normal people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical to emotional to spiritual, to figure out what wellness means to them and what works for them. We aren't doctors or experts, just average ladies figuring out how to live our best lives while tackling topics all across the wellness spectrum. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. Hi guys, happy Wellness Wednesday. This week we welcome back Ariel Lori to the podcast. Since our last episode with Ariel back in October, she has released a cookbook and launched her own podcast, Over the Influence. On this episode, we talk all about her evolution, how she deals with social media and bullies, and gives tips on all things friendship and relationship wellness. Ariel is a bright light in the wellness space, and we can't wait for you to listen to this episode. This episode is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals. If you have listened to our episode with founder Carly Stein, then you already know how powerful Beekeepers Naturals products are. Beekeepers Naturals is a wellness company specializing in innovative nutraceuticals made from healing hive compounds and plant-based ingredients. Their mission is to improve people's health naturally and save the bees. Allie and I are absolutely obsessed with these products and have been using them consistently since December when Carly was on the podcast. So Allie, what is your favorite Beekeepers Naturals product? I love the Propolis Throat Spray. Mm. I have used it consistently through the entire winter and it's the first year of my life that I did not contract one head cold or sinus infection. Um, it's been my immune system's secret weapon, which makes sense since Propolis is basically the immune system of the beehive and has germ-fighting properties. What about you? I love the Propolis so much too, especially as somebody who always got strep throat and throat infections. It has it has actually changed my life yeah. completely. But with that said, my favorite product is the Bee Chill Hemp Honey. Bee Chill Hemp Honey delivers a powerful 28 milligrams of hemp oil per teaspoon so that you can find your bliss. Made with USA grown hemp, it is non-psychoactive and contains 0% THC. I sleep like a baby when I take it before bed and it seriously takes the edge off of my whole day. It also hits the spot when I'm craving something sweet after dinner, which is just an added bonus. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to try the Propolis or Bee Chill Hemp Honey or any of the other amazing products, you can receive 15% off your Beekeepers Naturals order by using the code Courageous Wellness, all one word, at checkout, or visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash Courageous Wellness, and you can also find the direct link in our show notes. Ariel, welcome. <laughs> Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, we are doing part two with Ariel Laurie today. Yay. We're so happy to have, we were just talking about how much has changed since the last time you were here. Yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. I was thinking about that on the way over here, and I think last time I was here was like early fall. September, mm -hmm. so no, uh, just, maybe October. Yeah, yeah, I had just gotten married. I was like... I don't think I had even released the cookbook yet, right? Mm -hmm. No, you yeah, hadn't. No. Maybe no. I hadn't even finished it. So I, I was in a totally different place. Yeah. Then and 
yeah, it's been a whirlwind. It's so, it, sure. it's so amazing your evolution. Honestly, it's so inspiring and we definitely want to get into all of that. But, you know, for anybody who maybe is new to your Instagram or new to you, um, maybe you could give a little recap about your journey to wellness and the Blonde Files and where you are today. So I started the Blonde Files in February of 2016. I had been sober for two years. Um, that's a big part of my story. Everything prior to that was a shit show, mm-hmm. can I swear? Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, So I don't really count any of that. And I got sober, and I, um, after I was kind of emotionally stable and had a solid foundation, I wanted to get in shape and get abs. That was really it. That was my driving um, factor. And so I followed a lot of women at the time who did BBG, and... I decided to do that and I started an Instagram account and it was anonymous, hence the blonde files. Mm -hmm. I didn't show my face or tell anybody my name for a while and it just kind of took off. Mm. Um, I think, I think part of it is, I think it was the time that I got into Mm -hmm. it. Um, BBG was fairly new and it was like kind of the sensation and it was like Instagram wasn't quite as saturated Mm. as it is now. Um, and it also kind of just enabled me to like do a lot of things that I was passionate about. Mm. I got to write and I got to take pictures and, you know, make food and take pictures of the food. And it was just, it all just kind of like clicked. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that was, that was what started the whole wellness journey and then gut health became a big part of my story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which we touched on a lot in our previous episode. Yeah. Yeah. Last year was pretty much like solely focused on healing my gut because Mm -hmm. even though I got in shape physically and, um, you know, I was quote unquote healthy, Mm -hmm. um, at the end of 2017, I like could not function anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was really, I mean, nobody could figure out what was going on and that's when I enlisted the help of Rob Yang Mm. my nutritionist also a great courageous wellness throwback that was such a good episode such a good episode yeah the best he's great so I kind of just put myself in his hands Mm -hmm. and we uncovered a bunch of different um pathogens and Mm. bacterial overgrowth Mm. and last year was kind of all about combating that and Mm. getting off the pharmaceuticals that Mm. I was on Mm. Um, and then things took another turn last fall. So do you feel like you healed your gut? I mean, I'm sure that's such a loaded question. It's a loaded question, but I mean, from where I started, Mm -hmm. it was like night and day within a couple weeks. People always ask me like, how long did it take? And, you know, I try to be pretty clear that it's not all just linear and Mm -hmm. it doesn't just heal. Um, it's not like a finite thing. Yeah. (laughs) And... But it got probably like 90% better really quickly um, after we tested for food sensitivities and found out what exactly was going on in my gut. Right. Then we had the knowledge of, you know, what what the underlying issues were and we were able to treat them. That said... I have had setbacks, nothing major until last December I had a kidney infection Mm. and I was put on antibiotics. Mm. And even though I took probiotics and it just, I think I was too fragile. Yeah. And it's been a little bit 
touch and go since then. Um, So we actually just scaled back and I went off everything. I was taking natural supplements and, um, and we just stopped and like started at zero again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we actually just spoke like two weeks ago and started adding things in really slowly. Mm. Um, but that said, still so much better than it was. Yeah. I mean, I like how you guys, and and you both recently did an event sort of about this um, in Santa Monica with Hello Wellness, but um, I like the way that you both honestly speak about, both as the kind of patient and the practitioner, that especially when you're treating in this way, it's a process, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, actually, when you're treating in any way, whether you go, you know, I think sometimes like with Western medicine, we get a prescription and it's sort of like puts a bandaid on it. So you might get like immediate results of some kind, but it doesn't necessarily treat the core problem. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think something we constantly hear over and over again on this podcast is that you have to be sort of willing to go on the journey that like nothing happens overnight, but over time, yeah, and it can make a difference. If I had seen Rob three years ago, mm-hmm. right when I was starting <laughs> my my uh, fitness journey, yeah, I wouldn't have been compliant and I wouldn't have been willing to go to the measures that I went to um, because at that time I wanted instant gratification. Yeah. So I did go on steroids and you know hardcore medication yeah. because it was a Band-Aid and it got rid of my acute symptoms and that was fine yeah. <laughs> yeah. at the time. But like I... You know, I've experienced that in my sobriety too. Like I have to be desperate in order to go to certain measures. Mm-hmm. And, so. and there's, you know, there's this beautiful like concept too that I really love. And I see so much with so many of our guests where it's like in Buddhism, they call it like karma intermission, right? But it's like, sometimes you need to have that experience with your sobriety so that you can help other people, right? So it becomes yeah. your mission or you have that experience now with the medicine and the instant gratifications that you know, okay, this is just dealing with the surface. And if I really want this lasting effect, I'm going to have to go deeper. But that's something we all have to figure out for ourselves. Like no one can figure that out for us. For you, yeah. <laughs> I think that's, it's all part of the journey. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes going to that like particularly difficult place is the reason then we like you know, create something or create a solution for exactly. something in our lives. Yeah, and have absolutely. this platform where yeah. you can yeah. help and encourage so many people. Also, let's take a pause to introduce <laughs> our the fourth the fourth guest or the he, fourth member of our podcast. He decided today. to introduce himself yeah. a minute ago there. <laughs> <laughs> so if you hear any like barking or clicking, it's adorable. This is our Harvey. four four-legged guest Harvey is joining <laughs> us today. Just give me the sweetest look as I said his name. You have the best dog. So. Thank you. Um So, you know, there's clearly been such a huge evolution since the last time you were here. Mm -hmm. Um, One of which is you changed your name on Instagram. Which (laughs) Which is pretty recent, right? Yeah, I think it was like last week. Yeah. That's so... And I think, you know, I was watching your stories and it really touched me when you shared, you know, how you wanted to be anonymous when Mm -hmm. you started The Blonde Files. Like you just said, I didn't even show my face. Yeah. And here you are like owning your power and standing in your light with your name in your hand. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, when and how and did yeah, where did that come from? That you're like, this is me now. I had been thinking about it for a while. Um, and to the point where like, I have a personal private account where I have mm-hmm. like a hundred followers <laughs> that yeah. are like people that I actually know. 
Um, and I do that for privacy because of my yeah, husband. Of and, um, but I, I changed my private name to Ariel Laurie like a long time ago. Cause I was like, when, when I'm ready, mm. it'll be available. I didn't uh-huh. want someone else named Ariel Laurie yeah. somewhere to, yeah, of to snatch it up. So I did that and it was kind of in the back of my, my head and you know, this, the past, however many months since I've been here, I've been trying to just stay open and like, and, and be really attuned to what the next right thing is. Mm. Um, and I just kind of felt like when I'm ready, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it sounds kind of like silly for such a trivial thing mm-hmm. but um but yeah I mean it was kind of a big step because yeah. it's more about like what it represents right you yeah. know like taking that sort of leap from and, and for you Instagram is not just like a private thing which it is for some of us like uh, where we kind of act on a smaller scale what maybe with our personal community or like a slightly extended personal community but it's also now a platform for a business and a brand and all the other sort of like areas that you've gone into. And so that's a big shift. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one thing that maybe kept me from doing it for a while mm-hmm. was that I, my goal was to have the blonde files be recognizable. Mm-hmm. And so my blog is the blonde files and my cookbook was the blonde files mm-hmm. and the podcast TBD, mm-hmm. but you know, it's all kind of under the blonde files umbrella. And so I was like, I don't know, should I, or shouldn't I? Yeah. Um, and I talked to my managers and they were like, yeah, whatever you want to do. Like they're supportive, mm-hmm. <laughs> anything. And I just thought like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And, uh, and, I'm, and I haven't looked back since <laughs> in this whole week that's passed, <laughs> yeah, <it is> so... <laughs> but people were opinionated. Oh, really? sure. oh my God. <laughs> yes. I got a lot of people. I mean, some people were just asking why mm-hmm. I did it and I was surprised. I didn't think anybody mm-hmm. would really notice. Um, and then other people were like, no, it's <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Like, people get really attached yeah. to the idea of, yeah. So since we're in this sort of Instagram's topic right mm-hmm. now, as far as, you know, we're talking about courage within this space, but also as far as wellness within this space and people having opinions and people very like boldly, I'm sure sharing them with you. And I'm, and also like, there's just a lot of people who are able to hide behind um, the anonymity of the internet mm-hmm. and not have to then take responsibility for yeah. their own feelings and then their own communication. Like what they're willing to say to people over the internet is not what I'd be shocked if they had the same kind of, you know, they wouldn't say, it to they wouldn't say it to no your face. Way. Yeah. And so I, how do you deal with that? <laughs> Cause I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I, in sobriety, yeah, um, I was taught to be patient and tolerant and loving towards all people. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to wow. apply that a lot. And then I kind of felt like as it got more common, because I really didn't get like snark or mean comments mm-hmm. for a long time. It kind of just started last fall. Um, and I kind of felt like, okay there's a way that I can like stand up for myself without, Mm -hmm. you know, and still be like kind Mm -hmm. (laughs) for the most part. Um, and also not be like a doormat and just a punching bag for these people. And, 
So I'll, you know, clap back every now and then if I feel like I want to call somebody out. Um, I can take it, but other people might not be able to. Mm -hmm. And so my hope is that, you know, if I call somebody out, I don't, I don't know if it's going to make any difference, but maybe they won't do it to the next person. Mm -hmm. Um, that said, there was an article maybe like a month or two ago about my husband that they ran on Fox news and they, they said, Oh, and by the way, his wife is, you know, 30 years younger than him. And this is her Instagram. And they put a clickable link to my Instagram to the picture of he and I at the golden globes. And it was like, I get chills even just thinking about it. Um, it was like the craziest thing ever and I texted like the guy from Warner Brothers publicity and I was like I don't know what to do and he's like oh don't worry about it it'll blow over but to me it was like my world was crashing down and my my Instagram which has always kind of been like a safe happy space Mm -hmm. I felt like was just getting littered with this vitriol and I mean the people that things were saying you know that I was a baby killer and that was you know political extremists Uh, but because my husband is a liberal I've never talked about my political views um, and Gosh. that was like the nicer stuff. I mean, there were people saying mm-hmm. really disgusting yeah. sexual stuff and just hundreds of messages wow. and it was on an older picture. So nobody knew that it was happening yeah. except for me because mm. people aren't scrolling back right. through my old photos. Um, but I was like, oh my God, that was, it's, yeah, it was hard. Um, and it's like, there's still like human, I, I think this You're is what people don't being. understand. There's human yeah. beings yeah. behind this stuff. So whether you can roll, like roll it off or mm-hmm. not, doesn't mean that like it doesn't psychically like get to you. Right. right? And you know, people are saying things about my marriage and my husband. Mm-hmm. Just so deeply and, personal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it bothered me. My mom was in town when that happened and she was saying, you know, with the best intentions, just don't read it. And I called, you know, close friends and I was like, I don't know how to handle this. And everyone said, just don't read it. You know, it's, um, just let it go. Like I was doing something wrong and it kind of like, and I know that they didn't mean it that way. Um, but I read, I read another blogger. I can't remember who recently she wrote an article about this and how these people have a lack of accountability Mm -hmm. and anonymity. So that combination is dangerous. yeah. Yeah. And then we're if we call it out, we're told that we're looking for attention or we're whining or it just comes with the territory and yeah, bullying shouldn't happen, you know, like it it doesn't come with the territory. No, no, no. Um, because it's a bigger issue. And I think that's why people listening might not be, you know, have it, the bullying happening on that kind of global mm -hmm. massive scale. But, you know, kids in school get bullied on the internet, you know, um, slut shaming, all this stuff exists, whether you are Insta famous, Mm -hmm. an actual celebrity, or just a normal person, right? It's going to happen. And that's why it's such a bigger issue because the, the people, I think the fact that it exists on the internet is why it exists in the real world. Mm -hmm. And it creates this like energetic well, it's sort Ripple of like effect. permit. Well, we live in a culture, and this is maybe like a bigger conversation for a different <laughs> podcast episode. But like, where bullying on a large scale 
is seen everywhere, mm-hmm. even by leaders. Mm-hmm. And that gives a certain amount of permission to people to be able to engage in that. And Absolutely. that is, I don't understand from like a humanist perspective on any level, okay, at all. So what advice, you know, like how did you end up making it through that? And what advice would you give, you know, your listeners and your followers who do experience that kind of, maybe on a lesser scale, but bullying. Bullying mm-hmm. is bullying. Yeah. yeah. That was that was a very like specific situation yeah um and it was like rationally I knew that it would blow over Mm -hmm. and that whatever the next article that ran on that website Mm -hmm. they were going to go after that person and um but it's happened since you know I get some some really nasty comments now from women and Mm. I know that it's so cliche but hurt people hurt people yeah and Mm -hmm. I know that I've never left a mean comment on anybody's, but anytime I feel triggered by something that I see and I feel snarky or whatever, it's everything to do about how I feel about myself and nothing to do about that person. Yeah. Um, so I try to remember that Mm -hmm. when that happens. And like, I got some girl commenting on my YouTube videos and she kept coming back and back and Mm. back and just saying the most ridiculous things. And I felt like, it still triggers something and I have like a visceral reaction Mm -hmm. to it. Um, and I think that's natural, but I, I felt like compassion because I was like, God, you not just her, anybody to do that must be hurting, has to be hurting really badly. So I tried to like, just, you know, I'm not religious, but I do Mm -hmm. pray (laughs) and I just try to, you know, pray for that person. I've been taught to like in any situation where, you know, I'm, I, feel negatively towards someone to just wish that pray for them or wish that they have everything they need and Mm -hmm. abundance and you know whatnot yeah um so it's like (laughs) but it's it's an ongoing thing you know and a lot of times my knee-jerk reaction is to be like beep you you know and go after them and call them out but there's really no rationalizing with no people that do that and you just have to be like try to still be happy and live your truth and it's true like the brighter you shine like if if uh, somebody else isn't living in their light and their mm-hmm. authentic self it triggers them right you yeah. know it, it is hurt hurt people hurt people is the best way to yeah describe it I, I mean wow <laughs> I think back to like before I got sober and yeah. I was so hurting inside yeah. and those are the kind of thoughts I still never express them uh-huh. <laughs> but like I was judgy and I judged everybody and I was so miserable and, you know, I was so quick to point the finger at everybody else because mm-hmm. it would deflect from myself and yeah. my misery. And, um, so do you think the process of getting sober, um, taught you, I mean, obviously in some very practical ways, probably taught you those skills, but like how and I, and I think for all of us, it's it's a process that happens every day, whether through sobriety or not. But how did you move to a place in your life where you can really act and practice that from it? it you, I'm not being very articulate, but like practice that on a daily basis and feel that, and not necessarily live from a place of um, fear with that or or judgment, or judgment on yourself. Like, say, like, this is how I used to live. Mm -hmm. But how, do you have any sort of 
way to explain to the listeners maybe how to release is it through self-compassion and was that did you develop self-compassion through getting sober I guess that's the core (laughs) of my yes absolutely and I also learned in sobriety to that that my alcoholism is rooted in me being self-centered and egocentric and everything revolves around me so when I got sober I was taught that my life depends on thinking of other people mm. and how I can help other people. Wow. And, um, you know, I, I am active in my recovery and service mm-hmm. work is a big part of my life. I don't talk about it because I can't really talk yeah. about it. Um, but that kind of like trained, I think it just kind of trained my brain to like, if I'm feeling like a way that I don't want to be mm-hmm. feeling and I'm thinking about myself and like, oh, these people are like saying this to me. I just have to like yeah. turn it around. And and I don't know if that makes any it sense. It does. It makes so much sense. And it's then really- in turn, you know, it makes me feel better about myself. Yeah. And I can be at peace with my past because I'm on a bunch of different levels, I'm drawing from that to yeah. try to help people now. And create a, the future. I mean, yeah. and you've created so much good. I think that's the thing. It's like, we have so much opportunity at any given moment to create some good mm-hmm. and to create value in this world or to use it for destruction, right? Mm-hmm. Like one or the other. And it's like, if you look at the series of moments in your life and you only have like the moment that you're in really, like mm-hmm. the past happened, it's done. Yeah. 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 I think too, you know, I, I know we're talking so much about your sobriety, but I think it's it's a lot of things that people deal with, whether or not they are an alcoholic or they're just drinking too much or um, a lot of people I have found want to make changes in drinking specifically mm-hmm. where they they don't feel good when they do it. They don't enjoy it, but they do it because it's such a social experience or even like a dating relation. Like when you go on a date, you're going to get drinks or so when you became sober, how did that change your relationships and your friendships? Um, that I'm, I'm trying to think it's kind of like a multi-layered of course. thing. Um, I, you know, I drank, Initially, I drank because it was like a social lubricant Mm -hmm. and being someone that has anxiety and, Mm -hmm. you know, I just, I found it in high school and I was like, oh, oh my God, I can breathe and I can like be at ease around these people and like, I can feel good about myself. And then it just, (laughs) you know, kind of spiraled from there. Um, But so when I got sober, I, it was scary at first um, because I didn't have my crutch anymore and it was like but it was also really freeing for me Mm -hmm. to be able to be my authentic self Mm -hmm. because what started as drinking because I was uncomfortable or anxious or whatever became drinking so that I could keep up a facade and keep lying to myself you know um and lying to other people and so by the end of it you know I didn't know who I was I couldn't be I couldn't even pick up the phone to call, you know, some pizza place to order food because I just couldn't have any kind of human interaction mm-hmm. at all. Um, so I thought getting sober would be like the worst thing of all for that because mm-hmm. now I can't even drink and I have to like yeah. have sober relationships mm-hmm. and friendships and all of that. Um, but really 
after a lot of treatment (laughs) and therapy, you know, I was like, Oh my God, like I, I can be my authentic self. And that's what I wanted that whole time. Yeah. Um, And now you sort of make a living doing that, which is weird. I know. (laughs) Well, that's what Erica talks, was talking about like the idea of like karma intimation, right? Like it's like all the shit you had to go through, but like, look at what came from that. Yeah. And And that was the purpose of it was to ultimately guide you to this place where you have compassion and understanding and, and I love a more how, well-rounded like, life. Yes. Yeah. And I love how candid you are, like your sort of online persona. I mean, it's you, mm-hmm. but that's, I think what probably a lot of people really respond to, which is, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm going to answer these questions. And you're like, I don't know why someone would ask this, but I'm going to answer it. And like, yeah. and feeling just like fine about that. I think that's pretty empowering. And I think it's good for people to see that because then it gives them the, you know, it's like, we're saying like bullying Mm -hmm. on a large scale gives Mm -hmm. permission culturally for certain things, but you know what? Like being your authentic self gives permission for other people Mm -hmm. to do that. Absolutely. I think that is so important. And I think that's why it's like, you are so honest because you did have the blonde files and you didn't show your face when you eventually did, you could have like presented any version you wanted Mm -hmm. to present right but you are even talking about like Botox and plastic (laughs) surgery like nobody talks about that in wellness I remember when I first was like this is such a badass chick like seriously like just this being like this is me and this is like my body and this is what I want to do yeah I was like it get, like like Ali is saying, it does give other people permission to be like, I'm going to do me too because yeah. it's okay. I, I'm so happy to hear that because sometimes I wonder like, we live in this time of oversharing, right? Mm-hmm. And there's obviously there are parts of my life that I don't share. Yeah. Um, and I try to share a lot and make people feel like they're getting access to my life without getting into the yeah. super personal stuff. Um But yeah, I mean, with the Botox and plastic surgery and stuff like that, I understand people want to keep it private Mm -hmm. and teach their own. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm kind of like, it's not hurting anybody. If you want to do it, if it makes you feel better about yourself, like go for it. And, and like on the condition that like you feel good about yourself on the inside before you do it. Before you do it. Yeah. yeah. And not as a like a bandaid. I think too, I was watching your YouTube videos, um, which are so great. Everyone should go to her YouTube YouTube channel. YouTube is so hard, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Someone said to us in the beginning, you guys should do YouTube. I was like, uh, I I can't do it. We're like, we're just trying to piece together a a podcast. I was like, that's so much work. But you know, I I think you mentioned something similar. I think it was a Q and a about like knowing your husband was the one and you were like, it sounds so cliche, but it was when I was just like, I'm comfortable with who I am. Mm -hmm. So to like backtrack a little, because I'm sure so many of your listeners are maybe dating and you mentioned you were on Bumble. Mm -hmm. What was your dating experience like or what, you know, like dating and relationships are a huge part of wellness, you know, emotional wellness. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have for anybody who's like on Bumble or, you know, or wants to get to that place of, well, I do want to be in a relationship can I work on myself at the same time? I think that's a hard thing, right? It's like, yeah. Yeah. how do you do How did you do it? I had always been in relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got sober, I was with a guy that I had been with for like two years. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think we were together for like another year and a half after I got sober. Mm-hmm. Um, so once that relationship ended, I was like, okay, I need to like be alone. Mm-hmm. And because I really the combination of being sober for the first time, like in my life 
and being out of a relationship for the first time since I was 14, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, whoa, talk yeah. about the layers being peeled back. I was like exposed and it was raw and really hard, um, but also really exhilarating. Yeah. Like I didn't have anybody else to worry about yeah. <laughs> except myself. And that's like a gift. Um, and I think we're so quick to like look for a relationship and, you know, be mm-hmm. coupled up. Right. Um, I think maybe now people are like appreciating single life single as well. But, I hope so, yeah. Yeah. But that was like a really important time for me. So, so my first foray back into the dating life was a mess because the guy <laughs> was he had been in a relationship for like seven or eight years and we like went on a date and he's like, Oh yeah. Like we broke up, but we're still living together. Mm. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like I didn't like know what was normal and what wasn't. And people were like, run for the hell. And I was like, no, but like he's leaving. And, um, and I stuck with that for a few months because I, it was like so new for me. You know, I didn't know like what the boundaries were yeah. and what was okay. And I, I don't know that eventually, thank God didn't work out. And then I got on Bumble and that was like, ha, ah. <laughs> like I had never, I remember the night that I did it. And I think I talked about this somewhere else <laughs> that I downloaded it, but I was like up till like midnight, just swiping. And I'm like, where these people are so attractive and like, they're all around me. <laughs> And, um, oh, right, because doesn't Bumble, like, geotech, like... Yeah, I was living in yeah. Marina Del Rey, so <laughs> yeah. it was, like, all Venice guys, yeah. and I was like, okay, this is... All right. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so I, I went out with a few guys, and I think it's hard being... We're all around the same yeah. age. That was three or four years ago. Being that age and being sober. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hard for the guys. Mm. I don't... I think people just don't know how to act around somebody sober. And some of the guys that I went out with were like man children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were like the party life still Mm -hmm. at our age. And um, so it was challenging. Mm -hmm. And and my friends were just like, those aren't, they're just not, they're not for you. Um, But I had fun. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) And then I made the first move with my husband. (laughs) For all the guys listening, make the first move. Yeah. We knew each other for a while. And like for months, I was telling my friends, I'm like, I think there's something there, but like maybe I'm crazy. And like maybe I have like an unresolved daddy issue and like I need to talk (laughs) to my therapist. And I wrote my number down on like a... I used to live by the Ritz in Marina Del Rey and Uh I would go there for lunch all the time. So I had a valet ticket and I wrote my number on it and I would see him a few times a week usually. Um, So I had it in my wallet and I kept going to where we would see each other. And for like months he didn't show up. So it was just not our time. And then finally he did and I gave it to him and he looked at like the valet side and was like, what is this? And I was like, turn it over. (laughs) It's my number. I think like so much of your story is so empowering, right? Like the decision to get and stay sober, right? Because sobriety is a lifelong experience, Mm -hmm. right? It's not just like, oh, I'm healed, right? It's, it's a lifelong experience. You made the first move with your yeah. man. You, yeah. know, you changed your name. You talk. I just think like it is so empowering as a young woman, right? Yeah. To be like, oh, this is an example of living an empowered, authentic life. And I think the more we do that, as scary as it is, the better the world is 
going to be. Absolutely. You yeah. know, everyone go ask out that guy. If you're Yeah, mad. I was going to say, make the first move. Yeah, what's they the worst that can happen? They will not see it coming. You know? yeah. And yeah. My mom you asked my dad that, and they've been married for oh, really something years. And my, mom, my dad said no woman had ever asked him out. Yeah, so that's what really my husband said it. too. Yeah. He said nobody's ever done that. Yeah. I was like, who are these women? Like, <laughs> yeah. It was just, it seemed... Like the right I thing know. to do. So. Especially yeah. today in the app age, it'll really like shock someone. Yeah. You're like, hey. I did yeah. it with my first boyfriend. I was like, <laughs> I had a crush on him for so many years. And um, like literally from like high school into, I mean like my first serious boyfriend. And I was like 19, I think, because I had like literally had a crush on him from the time I was like 16, but he was like four years older. And so finally, once I was like 18, we started talking. And then I remember being like in my dorm room and like putting it out there. And he was like, I was blown away. Like, he's like, I yeah. just had no idea. <laughs> I was like, well, when you, you know, when you know for that long that like, yeah. you like, you're like, I got my eye on you. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I feel like I, I squandered a, a lot of time, mm. like just letting life happen to me. And mm. so, you know, in the past five years, I've been like, I know what I want and I'm yeah. going to get it. I'm yeah. going to do whatever it takes to get it. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's giving a guy my number or starting a business yeah. or, you know, whatever. Sharing your BBG journey, right? Yeah. It's, that's it's, it's crazy. Just one step changes your whole life. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to like, yeah, this business. <laughs> <laughs> the, next layer, the next layer. So the Blonde Files has sort of morphed into many sort of different media channels. You mm-hmm. have... Yes, your Instagram, but you have YouTube now, and you're making like really funny, cute videos, and they're really funny, but also informative. You're doing stuff like I saw one where you interviewed um, a skincare specialist. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're sort of like encompassing all different types of like lifestyle things, right? Mm -hmm. And then we got your cookbook. That was awesome. Obviously, bake all of your. Yeah, Erica's the the baker, so she's really. um, And you're doing a podcast, Mm -hmm. so. So what, what's next? Yeah, for like all what this? has the evolution of the Blonde Files been? You know, because it it is morphing beyond wellness, right? Mm-hmm. It's it is more lifestyle. So yeah, how's that going? Um, it's going. Yeah. I mean, I'm putting a lot of stuff out there and seeing what comes back to me and mm-hmm. seeing what seeing what connects with other people. Um, I got management in beginning of the year so January um and that's really helped me with like the business end of it because I just don't have to be involved in like brand collaboration Mm -hmm. negotiations or Mm -hmm. anything anymore um and I can focus on creating content Mm -hmm. which is really time consuming especially YouTube (laughs) um and I have a badass assistant she's Mm -hmm. like you guys met her right yeah yeah she's like super millennial too like hyper and like on it and understands things that I don't like you know, I know I'm because just, I think we're in this thing. like I was gonna say we're yeah. sort of on the older side we are no, older we're like actually like I'm pretty sure we're like right in the middle of being like technically millennial older millennials but this, but she's like a millennial that grew up, grew up with, with like internet. an iPad yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a real yeah. millennial I remember I think like I, like instant messaging on AOL with like the dial-up yeah. aim came out when we were like in <laughs> junior yeah. high school. Yeah. Like I don't think 
I remember with learning your away how, message. Yeah. <laughs> I remember learning how to text when I was in London. I was 20. I was like studying abroad. Yeah. And it was like the kids in London were texting, but it was the like oh, yeah, that the horrible. T3 thing where yeah, you yeah. had to like learn <laughs> on like the razor phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like I was 20 by the time that even started. Yeah, it's great that you work with a full blown millennial. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> you know how to do like all the stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so she has been really helpful. And yeah, the YouTube thing, you know, I Instagram is where I started and mm-hmm. I love it. Um, it's, it is really challenging being, how do I put this? My value is defined by how many people follow me, mm-hmm. how many people comment on my pictures, mm-hmm. how many people watch my stories, all things out of my control, yeah. but that's how they calculate my worth pretty much. Um, so that's been a little bit hard, especially with algorithms changing and all yeah. of that. Um, and I don't know if it's because of that. I've just kind of been like, all right, I'm not just going to focus my attention yeah. there. I'm going to like branch out and I wanted different ways of connecting with my audience Mm -hmm. and, you know, just experimenting with different things. I love, I love making YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. It's like the editing process and all of that. That's like brutal. I mean, it's just, I don't have time to sit there for five hours and like Google how to like do this on Adobe Premiere Pro or whatever, which is what I do. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, and then the podcast has been another... What yeah. is your goal now for the podcast? Like, what do you hope to explore with that? I I don't know that I've, like, really defined my mm-hmm. goal. Um, like, we were talking about earlier, like, I just kind of was like, I'm going to start one. Yeah. And I planned on starting it last year when I didn't have any of this other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. So I planned on getting it started. I got a producer and everything, and then January hit, and it was like just a storm of Mm. all good stuff but I've barely had the time to do it I have done three episodes that are amazing so I'm trying to put it out as quickly as possible but um I just felt like I have access to some really interesting people um in my personal life and just from blogging people that I've met Mm -hmm. and so I want to share them with everybody because I'm not an expert on any of this (laughs) you know I'm an expert on my experience Yeah. yeah but that's that's it. So I want to bring like the actual experts and just people who have had their own experiences, like what yeah, you guys do. Absolutely. Um, I'm like a podcast addict. <laughs> I mean, from when I wake up to, you know, any free time that I have, like I'm listening to a podcast. Yeah. So. No, it's about that. I do it when I like clean my, like when I'm folding laundry or vacuuming, mm-hmm. I'm not vacuuming because I can't hear, but when I'm doing cleaning or, cleaning yeah. or driving, especially yeah. in LA. In LA, yeah. we have that built in time. I've started doing, um, audible.com yeah. too, to get books when you're in the car. Yep. You can listen. I'm listening to Sapiens on Audible okay. right now. Mm. I, you're I a tried, big reader. Yeah. Yeah. That was a tough one though. I'm obsessed with Yuval Noah Harari who wrote it. I don't know mm. if you, but it's so dense that like yeah. if I'm reading before bed, I can't read that kind of book. That's yeah. Like, Cause I'll make it through four pages. Um, mm. so it's like a 25 hour audible book or wow. something crazy, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, this committed. Is journey. but you're in your car. I mean, in LA, I'm in my car 25 hours a week. Yeah. (laughs) I've just been like, I don't know, just trying to be open. Yeah. Yeah. And seems like you're creating a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like every day I wake up and I meditate and I do whatever I have to do for work, whether I have like a collaboration or, Mm -hmm. um, and then I just 
kind of like tap into my creativity mm-hmm. and so it's been fun to explore different channels and um it's crazy that I've only been doing it for like five months like I hired my assistant in November okay. yeah and so much has happened since then and so much is coming in the next few months um so it's it's exciting. It's exciting. I yeah. feel like, you know, when you're in, we talk about it, we say like, oh, you're, we're in rhythm because it just starts to come to you yeah. rather than that. Like I remember yeah. when we were doing this and all of a sudden it wasn't just like us re- randomly reaching out to people. And mm-hmm. then we just started getting bombarded with like PR companies and, and different, I mean, wonderful things. Like you said, all good things, but it's like, you, it's also like signs that like you're sort of in alignment. On the right path. Yeah, with like, what you're doing. Keep going. I think the universe does kind of show you or God or whatever you believe in. It's like, if you're, if you're in alignment with what you're supposed to be doing, opportunities present, present themselves. themselves. Exactly. And you just have to fight through the fear, fight through whatever sound is going on and just keep keep moving forward mm-hmm. and yeah. your cookbook was so exciting too yeah really yeah do you have any plans to do another cookbook or just uh, keep going with that one maybe yeah I'm definitely gonna... <laughs> I'm sure that was a lot of work it was but it was so fun yeah um because I could just cook and eat all day yeah. I mean that's like my dream life right there um it was a lot of work but I would definitely do it again. Yeah. I have a lot of recipes that I want to share. Um, And you're really good. I mean, it's really difficult, I think, to, like, create healthy, delicious things that taste delicious, you know, like, and don't just taste... And that are easy enough to make, And don't just taste, like, alternatives to the real thing, you know, and you do a great job at that. Thank you. That was the goal. I mean, I wanted to... I wanted to give people things that were kind of like basics that they could Mm -hmm. build on Mm -hmm. um, or just things that they could meal prep with or, you know, that were healthy. They're not all like, I think a lot of people have the misconception that it's like the heal your gut cookbook, which it's not. It's free of a lot of the common irritants, but it's also, you know, it's still good food. It's not like, I don't know. Um, So, Yeah. That's cool. So now that like, so we've had these markers, like our podcasts, I feel like are these markers that you've, you've sort of developed so much in the last five, six months. And I remember, I think we were talking about like, what are your goals then? And where do you see? And I think you were talking just about your cookbook and now it's sort of like exploded into all this other stuff. I do remember that. I think it was like a cookbook, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is is an amazing accomplishment, yeah. but you've like sort of far surpassed just even that. Yeah. And so what do you see as like, what is your next sort of vision for the Blonde Files? That's such a hard question because I've been trying to stay out of the future mm-hmm. as much as I can, because that's when I start feeling like, well, I should be here, mm-hmm. you know, and I can compare myself and be like, well, I want to have that mm-hmm. in three months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... I try to like stay as present as I can and just do what's in front of me. Um, I definitely want to continue doing like the YouTube and the podcast and other mediums just mm-hmm. because Instagram. Um, I don't know. I just I, I always wanted to have a brand that surpassed just that, mm-hmm. um, and and you know have other ways to deliver. Yeah. In, uplifting, inspiring, whatever messages. Um, and yeah, so I have, I have a few things coming up. I have some trips coming up, which is nice. Like yeah. 
collaboration trips and we'll just see what happens. I don't want to like try to predict because of five months ago. I mean, obviously (laughs) I I couldn't see like. No. And I think that's a really great way to look at it. It's a great reminder and a great lesson where it's like you can have goals and you can be fighting towards you know, these, these things that you want to achieve, but also to just stay present and in the moment, because it does get overwhelming when you're like, Oh my gosh, this is where I want to be. But getting there is in the day to day. So focusing yeah. on the day to day is the most important thing any of us can do. There's something, um, some quote that I read in some like sobriety literature, mm-hmm. but it's very relevant. It's like when I put myself in God or the universe, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, when I put myself in those hands, the things that come to me far surpass what I could have yeah. imagined for myself. Yeah. So I try to just do that and like stay as aligned as I can and yeah. as like present and humble and yeah. open-minded as possible and then see what comes. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes like, and this is such a part of our journey recently too, it's like getting out of your own head about mm-hmm. things. Like sometimes we can't see, there might be thousands of possibilities in any given moment right and that's actually something we talk about in buddhism Mm -hmm. too but like my brain might be able to compute maybe four possibilities of any predictable outcome but there's so many that i can't compute in any given moment and those are sometimes far better than what i can imagine so to like be open to that even if you can't mentally logically figure it out Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. it's cool that's exciting it's like you almost do yourself a disservice if Mm -hmm. you just box yourself into like your own expectations yeah yeah so I think Harvey agrees Harvey agrees. <laughs> yeah. well thank you so much thank I mean you. it's been such a joy to get to know you too you're like it's so fun you're such an amazing Aww, thank like you. person and yeah we love all the content that you're putting out thank so you. I know everybody listening does too or yeah. will everyone <laughs> needs to follow you so where for anybody that doesn't already follow you where can people find you on youtube on the internet um on instagram <laughs> so instagram is ariel lori mm-hmm. um it's kind of like just rolls i'm <laughs> yeah. getting used to saying it and my blog is theblondefiles.com my youtube is the blonde files well, thank, thank you, you for so coming much. on thank you for having me Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.